Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. We are here to talk about, wait for it, a Cubs winner. That's right. The Cubs beat the Cincinnati Reds at Wrigley Field on Tuesday, September 8th by a final score of 3 to nothing. I'll admit uh, it was a 3 nothing game, but it was a bit of a snoozer in terms of the game overall. Uh, but we're still here to talk about it. I am panelist Ron Luce, and I am joined by Cody Delmendo. Cody, you don't have to yell and scream tonight. The mm-hmm. Cubs won. Yeah, we were just talking off air, you know, uh, on the Cubs on Tap account, on the Twitter account, I, I tweeted from it, you know, please please win whenever I saw the lineup come out. I quote tweeted, it was like, please win so, I, so Cody doesn't have to yell at Ron, just like... Oh, what was it like a week and a half ago? It was on a Friday. It was like, and I didn't realize this until like a couple hours later. It was the exact same pitching matchup: uh, Alec Mills versus uh, Tyler Malley. And uh, unlike that game, this game was good. Uh, if you're a Cubs fan, if you're a Reds fan, you're probably yelling like I was last or a couple Fridays ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, no. Uh, I'm glad that we we have some some good stuff to talk about because it was a rough weekend and we salvaged one yesterday. But it was I think the biggest thing was just it was nice to get a a comfortable win. About it's three nothing, but over, like you said, it was kind of a snoozer. You felt like the Cubs kind of coasted all night. Um, to get a win without Kyle Hendricks and Yu Darvish pitching, <laughs> like I, I don't like I, honestly, and this might just be because I haven't like looked at who's pitched in the last couple day or last week in terms of just like looking back at the schedule yet. I can't remember the last time the Cubs won without you Darvish or Kyle Hendricks pitching. Like That's a it was a good question. It was a, it was a it was a rough weekend, man. It was a rough weekend. Um it probably was against Pittsburgh. I think you're I'm right. going to it was probably against Pittsburgh last week, but that's Pittsburgh, but like I can't remember the last time a Cubs pitcher beat a relative, relatively good team. And I know the Reds aren't as good as we all thought they were going to be, but like they're still competitive and they're still in the wild card chase for that final, one of those final two spots. Like they have a lot to play for. So Alec Mills, who I haven't really wavered on, I've kind of like believed in him. Even when he was struggling, I've still kind of like, all right, I, I still. I still like him more than Tyler Chatwood. So even when uh, Q comes back, I'd still like to keep him in there, maybe move Chatwood back to the bullpen. Uh, and that's a whole other discussion we can have if you really want to have it. Um, but I've kind of I've kind of rode with Mills because I didn't expect him to be, you know, a seven-inning, you know, couple hits per outing guy. I didn't expect that. I just expect him to be your f- number five starter that's – that's serviceable and he's had some bad starts no doubt but a lot of foot number five starters do i think he's mm-hmm. you know i think he's done exactly what the cubs have wanted him to do at at this at this point in the season that's why he's still in the rotation and why um you know the cubs haven't really changed anything there and it's kind of hard to even really make changes to your rotation in a season like this like even in a 162 game season the cubs wouldn't have given up on Alec Mills and the rotation this quickly. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, I'm kind of rambling now, but I, I'm just glad Alec Mills gave us a start. He desperately needed it. I'm not going to say he's been great. He hasn't been great, but he's been, I feel like for the role that he has, I feel like he's been good enough. Yeah. Um, with that said, the Cubs still really don't have a number three starter because John Lester has continued to struggle. Quintana's back on the IL. Um, and then Chatwood is there as well. And, you know, I like Alzale, but he wasn't very good on Saturday. And I thought going into that game, it was like a prove it. Like it was, it was going to put him in, he's going to play himself into the rotation. And I didn't watch Saturday's game against St. Louis, but wasn't obviously I was like, I didn't, I know I didn't miss much. So, um, yeah, maybe maybe if Mills does this a couple more times and he gets lined up against some good teams, which the Cubs are going to play some, like he'll get, uh, they'll probably have to f- play the final game against Milwaukee. I think that's what he would line up to. Yep, final game against right. Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an you know another team that's still kind of alive. They've finally played to the level of what they have on their roster, which is mediocre. Which we've been saying for two years that that Milwaukee team isn't that good, but you know. 
that's still going to be a tough team, I think. Um, but yeah, he's got a couple weeks left. Maybe he, maybe Mills can play, like play himself into that number three starter role in in the postseason. I don't know. I mean, we know who our one and two guys are going to be, but right now it's just like I said, it's just kind of nice to see someone outside of you, Darvish, and, and Kyle Hendricks throw a gym. So. Yep, absolutely. And and while you were actually your rambling worked out perfectly because it allowed me to do research while you were rambling. So uh, to answer your question, the last time the Chicago Cubs won without either Kyle Hendricks or you, Darvish, taking the ball to start today was against Pittsburgh um, when John Lester started and threw five and a third very good innings. I believe uh, it was. Oh, it, that was the game they almost blew. They almost blew, uh, almost blew seven. it. Um, yeah, yeah. before that, the last time the Cubs won with somebody else on the mound was Sunday, August 30th against the same team, Cincinnati Reds that we're talking about tonight. Um, that was the day that Chatwood last took the ball before he removed himself an injury and Colin Rea got the win. Uh, mm-hmm. and we saw Quintana come in in relief. So that was that game. Uh, so okay. that was the last time that the Cubs won, uh, without Kyle Hendricks or you Darvish on the mound. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. It was super, super nice to see Mills uh, get this big win tonight. Um, but let's just quickly go through the scoring plays. There's not a lot of them, so this will be a nice quick one um, mm-hmm. for us tonight because they're, all the scoring was done in two innings. <laughs> in the bottom of the mm-hmm. second um, with both Kyle Schwarber and Wilson Contreras on, David Bodie uh, hit his first triple of the season. It was a – that ball just kept going. Like, it, it came off the bat, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if Castellanos got that bad of a read on it or what, but – the ball just kept sailing and went right over his head into that corner in right field. Didn't yep. matter. Uh, Bodie with a stand, pretty much a stand-up triple, um, and and the the other two were going to score literally with no problem at that point. Um, and it, fun fact, both. Uh, well, actually, I'll save this for after the next scoring play because then the next scoring play. This will sound weird, Javier Baez, right? But listen to everything else. Triples on a line drive to right fielder Nick Castellanos <laughs> yet again. <laughs> Uh, and this time he scores Chris Bryant, um, who was able to get on base tonight. So that was that was good for him. Uh, and that gave the Cubs the third run of the night, and that's all they needed. Both hits, though, coming with two outs in both innings. I think that's that's a, a huge silver lining takeaway. Um, obviously, they won, so it's it's good. But that's that's another good takeaway. Javi Baez tripling is awesome. David Bodie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we joked about it. You know, death yeah. taxes and David Bodie coming through in the clutch because that's all that dude knows how to do. He's hitting yep. like two seventeen on the season, but. He still is like top three in the team in RBIs because he just always comes through when guys are on base, um, which is wild. But, I I mean, let's talk a little more about Mills. I mean, you you talked a little bit about him, right? But uh, really good stat line for him tonight. So he gets his fourth win of the season. He's now four and three on the year. So he's above 500. That's great. Um, Six solid innings, gave up four hits, three walks, which whatever, uh, but no runs and six strikeouts. A nice night for Mills. He lowers his ERA all the way from five and a half uh, now to 474, um, you know, so pretty big start for him. Uh, you mm. know, it's just, I agree with you, Cody, you know, there, there's so many question marks in this rotation going into the, you know, into the postseason, right? Obviously you're yep. one and two are Darvish and Hendricks. We know that that's, that's a no brainer, mm-hmm. but like you said, you know, Lester has struggled ever since his first, what, three starts of the season. And then, you know, Quintana and Chatwood just can't stay healthy. I think Quintana, Theoretically, based on how he looked while he was healthy, would be your three in the postseason at this point. Um, but we don't know what Quintana's health is going to be when the postseason rolls around. So assuming okay. that this is all the same, I would have to argue right now that Mills is your three. And, you know, you said it perfectly. I mean, he's going to have a lot of opportunities to pitch against really good teams. He's pitched against some pretty solid teams this year. And, you know, like you said, as a fifth starter, if to be four and three at this point in a 60-game season – and have a stat line like he did tonight, you know, with six six innings and only giving up, you know, essentially seven base runners, four hits, three walks, and striking out six but not giving up any runs, I'll take it. Like, yeah. we, we always joke about, you know, we joked about it the first game of the season. Kyle Hendricks made that first game of the season so damn boring because he was just electric. I mm-hmm. will take boring baseball games from the Cubs because nine <laughs> times out of ten it means they're winning. So I'm all yeah. for it. Right. Yeah, no, like the only reason that I've really said that, you know, Mills has been exactly what the Cubs thought he'd probably be is because, and I don't know who's doing it, but who's ever met, whoever is tweeting from the Cubs on tap account about how 
this pitching staff is just darn gone awful and whatever. I don't have the exact words, but it feels like it's a roller coaster with who's ever doing whatever games on the Cubs on tap account. And like I said, I I know me and you both are on the account, and I know Brian Mishler does as well. So I'm assuming it's one of us three. And I'm 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 t- literally saying it's not me. I'm like I'm looking at it in a grand scheme of things and i feel like the person tweeting from it is doing it like in the moment like reacting like in the moment of whatever and i'm like thinking of it in the grand scheme okay the cubs yeah they have issues with the pitching staff this is like a never-ending story uh but we're in first place and we're you know this many games up or whatever you know so i'm trying to look at it from that perspective more so than in game or whatever um, whatever. I don't, I don't know if it's you or Brian, but I, that, but that's why I said it is like, you're getting, mo- I feel like you're getting more than enough from Alec Mills and yeah, his ERA, ERA even after tonight, still 474. I would like to see this. I, w- I wish we could see him do it for an entire, you know, 30 starts or whatever it yeah. is. And I feel like with the way that he goes, yeah, he's going to have some duds in there. But what – I mean, outside of the elite pitchers in the league, what pitcher doesn't have a bad start, you know, every – you know, have two or three good ones and then one or two bad ones? Like, that's what a number five starter is. You're never going to really know what you're going to get out of him. But when you look back at the numbers at the year, end of the year, you're probably thinking, ah, he's probably – he's all right. You're, you're solid number four, number five starter. Like he's I said, the X. Ex- yeah, the like I said, the expectations for Alec Mills were never to be, you know, the top top three tier rotation. But he wasn't even supposed C- to be in the rotation. <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, but with this season, the way that it is, sixty games, and with Chat Chatwood and Quintana just kinda we don't know at the current moment. And Braylon Marquez ain't coming up anytime soon to save us because, I mean, he would have already been called up if that was an idea in Theo and, and David Ross's heads. And then Albert Adrazale, I, I, I still don't know what his role is I, at this point. I feel like they want to use him in just double headers, um, you know, whatever. Mills is setting himself up to be that third starter in, in the in that uh, three-game series, the open the postseason right now. That if he can, if he has a couple more starts like this the rest of the month, he is going to be that guy. And to be honest, considering what we got ahead of him, I'm not upset with it. Yeah. And hopefully, Chatwood and Quintana, you know, are healthy by the end of September. And if they are, then they're added added arms for the bullpen, if anything. And you know. I feel like that's a uh, once once they get out of that first round and you go to a, a seven game series, then you can figure out who's going to be that fourth guy. Right now, do I think it's John Lester? No, I don't think it's John Lester, and it hurts me to say that. Yeah, <laughs> like it really hurts to say that. Like I, I want to go br- like wash my mouth out with soap now for saying that, <laughs> but like Johnny just doesn't have it, man. Just yeah. doesn't have it, and. It sucks, but I it I feel I would feel better with Quintana or or Chatwood in that fourth spot, Absolutely. and the only the only way and this the only way John Lester gets into that final four spot is because he's got the playoff experience and maybe he he you know his next two or three starts are average. Yeah. But, I ain't going to hold my breath on it, man. I'm not going to hold my breath on it. No, I agree. I mean, it's a tough – yeah, I agree. It's a tough situation, right? Because obviously Lester has not been consistent this year. And, I, you know, we've, we've talked about it at nauseum. You know, it, it, most of it's probably age and just naturally, you know, his stuff isn't what it used to be. That's just normal. That just happens as you progress, as, you know, in your career. But mm-hmm. I agree with you, man. I mean, I would, I would be absolutely comfortable with Mills as the third starter in a series where Darvish and Hendricks are taking the, the ball in games one and two. Because um, realistically, there's a very good chance that you don't even get to Mills if you got Darvish and, and, and Hendricks on the mound. So, you know, if, if they're going into a game three potentially with Mills as the deciding guy, honestly, if you want to get even kind of crazy, I wouldn't even be mad about Mills and Darvish taking the ball in one and two, and you hope that you can get the, 
through that first round with those two. And then, God forbid, you need to do that do-or-die game three. You put a guy like Kyle Hendricks out there who can who can dial it up when he needs to. That's a good point. And, and make yeah. it happen. So yeah. it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thought. But I, I echo you, man. I think I think right now, just based on how the season's going and kind of their severity of injuries, I think Quintana gets the ball as the fourth guy in the postseason. And I agree, but I think Mills is right there. I think him and Mills are the three four. I think they're interchangeable. Um, yeah. You know, with your with your obviously your your top two guys as your one and twos. But speaking of pitching, I think something that that definitely has to be mentioned tonight is how good the bullpen was. Quite frankly, and it yeah. wasn't your normal suspects. You know, we we joke about it all the time. The Cubs are up by you know two or three runs. It better be Wick and Jeffress, and I don't care in <laughs> what order. But tonight, only one of those guys had to appear. Dwayne Underwood comes in. He's been great lately. I don't think I I am I am here right now, Ron Luce saying that Dwayne Underwood has been disrespected his last few outings because this man has been very good recently. I think it's mm. his last like four or five outings now. He's come up with a lot of clean innings, and he does it again tonight. One inning, no hits, no runs. He did walk one, but no big deal. He struck out another. Uh, he gets his first hold of the season, and you know his, his ERA is respectable at a 540, especially given the fact that how beat up he got early in the season. The fact that right. his ERA is only a 540 right now is pretty good. And then Ryan Tapera comes in and does the exact same thing that Underwood did. Gets mm-hmm. his second hold of the season and has the exact same stat line. No hits, no runs, one walk, one strikeout. And he lowers his, his ERA to 476. Uh, and then we did mention, you know, this is the guy that absolutely should be the closer right now, and that's Jeremy Jeffress. He gets the ball in the ninth, comes out. He did give up a hit, no big deal. Strikes out another, um, pitches a clean inning. Otherwise, he lowered his ERA to a 1.06. He has literally been almost yeah. unhittable this year, and it's been magical. His sixth save, like I said, for him, um, and it's a good one, man. But like this is this is what I want out of the bullpen now. Like these are not mm-hmm. the normal suspects. You know, Wick came in last night and, mm-hmm. or yesterday, excuse me, and got through for for Hendricks then in that ninth inning because Hendricks was magical yesterday. But holy shit, man! Like that excites me that Dwayne Underwood and Ryan Tapera come out and do this in the seventh and eighth inning. And then you give the ball to Jefferson the ninth, because let's be frank. I mean, you know, we talked about it early in the season and and I joked about this with Justin Wasick yesterday on this episode. We talked about two things with these two teams that they're just playing back to back now in in St. Louis and Cincinnati, just split the season series. They did that with the Cardinals. They went five and five. Perfect. They did their job, but shit. I mean, this, this Reds team is still good. I know their record doesn't indicate it, they still have a lot of good players on that ball club, and, and they were a team that was expected to do a lot. And let's be frank, Molly still struck out 10 dudes tonight. He had a good night. Still pitched mm-hmm. seven innings. He gave up three runs. More often than not, when you have that type of level of success and only giving up four hits and he only walked one, it's just mm-hmm. the Cubs were opportunistic and actually took advantage of men on base, which, oh, whoa. You know the, the gift of the kid who's <laughs> like, oh, God, doesn't know what's going on? That That's how I feel right now with uh, tonight's game. But... You know, like the guy blinking. Yes. Like, he's like, like oh, what? he's got like, he's kind of got the dreads going on and he's just like in the wind and it looks like a cartoon. Hilarious. Yeah. But I mean, it just, it, it goes to show, right? It's like, this is exactly what I want. You know, mm-hmm. when your fifth starter can come out and do what he did and then two of your lesser used, you know, utilized, I know Tapera's kind of flirted with really good stuff, but like for him and Dwayne Underwood, who at one point in the season, I'm pretty sure. There was a couple of us. I think I was one of them as well. So I'll, I'll take heat where heat is due. That was like, send his ass to South Bend and let him never come back this season. Uh-huh. And he's he's turned it around. And I, I think I give a lot of credit first off to David Ross, who still is willing to trot him out there, you know, every once in a blue moon when he needs to. But big kudos to Dwayne Underwood for getting his shit together. I think that has been very underappreciated. And, and Dwayne, I support you, my guy. I hope that you continue <laughs> to do this shit because if you do – we're going to be in a really good spot going into the postseason. But, yeah, man, I mean, I, I would love to hear more from you, obviously, because now yeah, I'm starting no, to babble. Uh, no, this you're good. No, um, no, going into the year, I was high on Dwayne Underwood because we we talked about it way too many damn times about how we really didn't know what we were going to get. We didn't. None of us felt good about the bullpen. I mean, hell, we didn't even feel good about Jeremy Jeffress coming into the season, and he's, you know, turned it back into 2018 form um, when he was with Milwaukee. But, yeah, Underwood, I mean, people want to talk about how Theo can't develop a damn arm. Well, I'm pretty sure Theo drafted this guy. I know he was a second-round draft pick. He's been with the in the Cubs organization for, like, eight seasons. Um, so, you know, yeah, no, if it 
last year when he was, you know, they I it didn't see him pitch enough last year, but it felt like the only times it did see him pitch was in whenever the Cubs were either up by, you know, eight runs or down eight runs. Like they didn't use him in any high leverage spots. But he looked good in all those appearances. So coming into this year, knowing that he was going to have a role in the bull, in the bullpen, and they they basically cut out the whole idea of him being a starter because I'm pretty sure that's how he came up was at a start as a starter, and it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, seeing him struggle at the beginning was like, yeah, I thought I had so many high hopes for him, uh, but like you said, now he's turned it around. He's been really good in his last you know four or five appearances, and that only benefits this Cubs bullpen because, like you said. You know, it was it was Wick and Jeffress, and you know Ryan Tapera has been pretty solid. He's had some games where he's you know given up some runs, but at, as far as you know the stuff and swing miss ability, he's he's exactly what the Cubs are going to need in in high leverage spots. Looks like Dwayne Underwood is putting himself in those situations. So, uh, you know, to, to see him come out there and hold a you know a three nothing lead, that's that's awesome. That's it's great. Um, yeah, I. Uh, you know, I was I was kind of weary on what was going to happen to the bullpen after they DFA'd Casey Sadler because I was I was a fan of Casey Sadler. He had mm-hmm. some good some good appearances. He also had some bad ones, but I mean, every guy in the bullpen has had that except for <laughs> Jeremy Jeffers. So, um, you know, I uh, I'm I'm it's like I said, it's it's good to see him, you know, doing turning around and and showing that you know he belongs. Uh, at the major league level, because there's been some times where he, like he, I know in like 2018, I think he came up like one time, and it was just to do like a spot start uh, against the Giants or some shit like that. How I remember that, I don't know, but you know, <laughs> it's and then last year, like I said, he came up and they used him more so in the bullpen, but it was like in the lowest leverage possible. It was like either up by a lot of runs or down by a lot of runs. Right. So. Um, you know, to see him grow into this potential role is, is huge for this Cubs bullpen that, like I said, you know, we, it's kind of iffy and, you know, we still don't know anything about Craig Kimbrell and, and what's going on there. Um, it gives me a headache. It makes me sad because if we didn't have that issue, Nick Castellanos would be on the Cubs, but you know, uh, you know, I have to look at silver lining of some things and, you know, like I said, if if, if we're not going to get anything out of Craig Kimbrell, it's nice to see a homegrown guy come in and perform the way that you hoped. Yep. And um, you know, yeah, maybe if if Craig Kimbrell doesn't work it work out the rest of the season, you know, it sucks, whatever. But you know, Theo's brought in some guys who no one thought was going to be this good. I mean, Jeffress was, had a terrible season last year and we got him for on one year veteran minimum, basically, you know, Rowan wick trade with the Padres. Like no one thought Rowan wick was going to be anything. He came on the scene last year. He's continued it this year. He's been great. You know, Um, Ryan Tapera, never heard of the guy. He just came in here. Hasn't been electric or elite or anything, but he's been good enough. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and there's the the list could go long, on and on if I had the the list of list of arms in front of me, but like just those three, and you know, and, and like I said, with Underwood, he's a home homegrown homegrown guy, which you love to see because like that's the thing that Theo and Jed keep getting a lot of slander for is not being able to develop anything uh, via their own draft, be able to get a, a young pitcher. And yeah, he's not a starter; he's not going to throw 100 miles per hour down. A hundred mile an hour fastball up in the zone to right past someone, but you know he's he's moving in the right direction, and you know hopefully it's you know a a good a good sign for the Cubs in terms of you know pitching and everything. Uh, You know maybe maybe the bullpen is where Alzale will be come postseason. I just don't understand why they keep moving him from South Bend to back. Like I understand like the whole needing room on the roster and everything, but I'm at the point where I think he just needs to stay in the Cubs and like remove someone. I don't know who we have to remove, but uh, you know, I I just, I feel if they're not going to use him as a starter, I I feel like he could be a great, a great arm in the, in, you know, a middle relief bullpen role in the postseason. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, man. I mean, um, obviously a lot to unpack there, but yeah, I, 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 you made so many good points. I, I don't have much to add. I will add though. Um, Alzali is slated to start on Thursday. So, um, that is, is a little bit of news. Speaking of news, something that we didn't mention at the top of the pod, 
Um, so Jose Martinez recently acquired uh, at the deadline from the Tampa Bay Rays was actually sent down today to the South Bend alternate site um, in favor of drumroll please Billy Hamilton. Talk about mm. a guy I never expected to see in a Cubs uniform. Cubs but, killer man. Yeah, right. I mean, he, he killed us so long when he was with Cincinnati. All it took was he was like, it, it would hell. It would be like an infield hit, and next thing you know, he's on third base after like four pitches because he'd steal a bag and he, like he steals bag so easily. And then you know, you either get on a sack fly or a base hit. Whatever. Like he was honestly, he was one of the most annoying Cubs killers. I mean, Orlando Arcia really grinds my gears from Milwaukee, but like Billy Hamilton, Reds version, he oh. was up there. Yeah, he was, there. he was absolutely up there, and, and and he's actually with the Cubs, actually made his debut tonight, came in as a defensive replacement. Um, would actually much rather have him and his speed in center field than Albert Almora. So uh, kind of nice seeing that. Uh, also, just a quick note uh, while we're on news, um, Jesse Rogers tweeted this evening, actually about ooh, just a little under 30 minutes ago um, as we're recording this, but Jason Hayward is feeling better. He was technically available tonight, even though he didn't end up playing. Obviously Cameron Maven made the start in center and actually had a hit tonight. Um, but might be back tomorrow. So that's a good sign because Jay Hayes obviously batting 300 and has an OPS over 900 right now, which is second best on the team. Actually his batting average is now technically the best because Ian Happ went 0 for four tonight. So his (laughs) average drops to 295. Um, I believe he was at three, either 01 or 02 going into today's game. But I, and I think, you know, we can, uh, you know, people are probably like, wow, you guys talked a lot about the pitching. Well, yeah, because the pitching was kind of the most exciting part of the game because let's be frank, folks. I'll, I'll look at the hitting and tell you what happened. Javi Baez had a hit. Contreras had a hit and scored a run. Schwarber had a walk and scored a run. Bodie had his triple and Maven had a, a single. That's it. That's all the offense. It was four hits. Like, that's, that's literally all that happened tonight. Ian Happ yeah. was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Chris Bryant was 0 for 3 with a run scored with three strikeouts. Rizzo was 0 for 4. You know, Baez was 1 for 3 with the RBI. Schwarber was uh, 0 for 2 with a walk. Like, Didn't Baez almost hit one out, though? Yes. Uh, if it wasn't yeah. for the wind, it absolutely went out. Yeah. It, was, uh, it, was, it was WTP. It was warning track power. Um, yeah. Unfortunately... I think they said the winds were blown in at like 20 miles per hour from the yeah. left field, so mm-hmm. it was bound to happen. But he, he, and you know what? You know, we've, I know we've talked about it too, and, and we actually brought up, you know, what you said about, you know, even though Javi had those three hits yesterday and most of them were in the infield, whatever gets that dude thinking positively, and he was thinking positively yeah. tonight. Sure, he was one for three, but like you said, he was. On a normal night at Wrigley, because admittedly, for those that aren't in the Chicagoland area, it was cold and rainy today. Mm-hmm. If it's a normal September, early September day when it's 70s, you know, mm-hmm. even if it is raining a little bit and that wind's not blowing as hard in the yeah. from left field, that ball's out. That ball's at least in the basket. And we're mm-hmm. talking about Javi Baez having a two-for-three game with an RBI triple and a home run. Like, that's yeah. a great game. So yeah. um, against the pitcher that we've already talked about had a good night, right? You know, and like he ha- he's had some good games over the last two weeks, but they've been against teams that are like, well, it doesn't really help me feel any better about him because they're not he's not going up against like decent pitching. Like he had a good game against Pittsburgh. He had some good games against Detroit a couple weeks ago, but then he struggled against teams like the Reds and St. Louis and. And, and everything. But, you know, he had a good game yesterday, and then tonight was great. So, like I said, when he's not as I, – I, obviously, I don't think he's going to get a hit every time. Or I, it's not that I want him to get a hit every time he's at the plate. I just need him to have some sort of positive bat. Mm-hmm. Like, when he's just striking out on three or four pitches, it's just demoralizing as a fan because you're like, what is this guy doing? And it's probably, I mean, if it's demoralizing for me, it has to be even more demoralizing for him. Right. And he kind of talked about that with media yesterday uh, about how not being able to see video. Um, I'm sure you saw those tweets, uh, Ron, about how not being able to see video to to adjust in game. Uh, You know, if he's. He's, he's not a guy who, you know, is ever, you know, in post-game media conferences, you know, complaining or m- making excuses about anything. But this is the one time he does it. It obviously is a big deal to him. Um, 
and we've seen a lot of stars around the league struggle this year. So I don't know what that, how much that has really played into his struggles. But, um, you know, yeah, I don't know what uh, you know what to really think. But yeah, if that is a big part of it, then yeah, let's 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 bring it back, baseball. Let's bring it back, MLB. I, I don't know. I I, I didn't re- I didn't even realize that they didn't allow that because I feel like every game you see a guy in the dugout with an ipad or something like that so at least they pan the camera over there at least once or twice and someone's looking at an ipad so i uh i don't really know what's going on with that but um yeah javi bias like i said i think he had some positive at bats tonight for the second straight night that's that's i mean that's that's a good sign on the other hand chris bryant didn't he did the only reason he got on base because he got hit in the elbow um so now i got to think about if he's hurt or not again which is just frustrating and i'm not a guy who sits on here and freaking slanders chris bryant but god damn it man three strikeouts again tonight and my i know Mally was good but i was just hoping he'd build off yesterday's nice win or a nice play like game what he had like two hits yesterday yeah. and that night strikes out three times like i don't know i i really don't know anymore I- I'm right know, there. Man. I'm right there with you, man. I'm I'm still a proponent of you got to shake this lineup up a little bit at this point because, you know, I mean, Ian Happ obviously he's not going to be, one, you know, two for three every night. I get that. You know, him being zero for four tonight, I'm not concerned about because I look well, at body of work. Well, right, and I just look at literally his statistics compared to everybody else on the team, and it's like, oh shit, his OPS and average rank is just eons above everybody else, other than Jason Hayward. So it's like. You know, but I, I'm still in. I'm still in the mindset that you got to switch something up. Put fucking Kyle Schwarber. Well, at least now we guaranteed it is, is explicit. Uh, you know, put Kyle Schwarber in the two hole. Give me Chris Bryant in the three hole. Put Anthony Rizzo in the four hole. Drop Javi down to you know six or seven if you have to. You know, yeah. or or just drop him down to seven. Leave Hayward in the six hole. Bring Contreras up to the five hole. Like do something. You got to give these guys, like you said, just some level of difference because. Yo, who knows? Maybe Javier Baez does better hitting deeper in the lineup because maybe then guys like Wilson Contreras and Jason Hayward are getting on ahead of him, you know, yeah. or he's getting on ahead for guys like Kipnis or guys like, you know, Bodie or Horner, whoever's playing second base or Ian Happ, who comes back up at the top of the order. So I just I, I respect what David Ross is doing and trying to give these guys some level of consistency because that was one thing Madden just refused to do. Right. But it gets to a point where. And again, this season is such an anomaly, right? We talk about it all the time. If this was a normal 10-game stretch and then 162 and these guys are struggling, I'm like, all right, yeah, maybe a switch-up should be coming soon, but like they'll figure it out. But like you just don't have that time to figure it out right now. So it's like be a little drastic. Switch something up that you normally wouldn't. Like if you're going to be a first-year manager and you're going to try new shit and try and switch it up, this is the year to do it because nobody's going to criticize you because they're going to go, well, it was a 60-game season. What else was he supposed to do? Like, just right. do it. And then I think it would help all these guys because I agree with you. I hate seeing Chris Bryant go 0 for 3. You know, mm-hmm. I want him on the base path because he gets hit by that pitch and you watch his six foot five ass gallop around the bases to score with no problem on that mm-hmm. play because he's just such a good base runner. Like, it's just – I just – I want these guys to start hitting because, you know – I mean, Justin and I talked about it yesterday – Unless one combination, some combination of two out of three of Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez, they don't start hitting, the Cubs aren't going to be able to go far in the postseason. I don't care how good that bottom of the order is doing. I don't care how good Hap is. I don't care how good Hayward is. If your money-making ball players are not hitting. And again, you know, and our, our buddy, you know, Brian Mishler wrote a great factually based article about Javi Baez and just how admittedly he's just kind of an average hitter. And that's okay. I don't need Javi to go two for three, three for four, three or four times a week. I need mm-hmm. Javi to come up with just that one hit, that one electric play in a game that makes a difference. That's what he does well. you know. Mm-hmm. But then give me Rizzo and Brian. Give me Brizzo. Where the hell is the souvenir company? Do they go out of fucking business? Like They're right. not doing shit this year. Give me something. Give me – prove I, – I, if I am Theo – if I am Jed, and that's just me, Ron Luce, diehard Cubs fan, mm-hmm. prove to me that you are worth the fucking money you're going to be asking for. Because right mm-hmm. now, quite frankly, I'm actually feeling comfortable the Cubs could keep all these guys because none of them are going to get paid what they want because they're not fucking producing. 
Right. I, I yeah, know. you you bring that's interesting. You bring that up. So uh, on my other podcast that I do with my buddies from college, it's called the Sky's Falling Podcast. We had Jared Carabas on uh, Barstool Guy um, last week, and I asked him straight up. I was like, you know, guys like Brian Rizzo and, and Baez, these guys have struggled, and it's probably affecting like their their uh, you know potential contract extensions and the money that they you know from what we've seen over the years. Uh, you would think they were going to get a lot of money, but this year they are struggling. So how much is that really affecting them? Uh, you know, in 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 terms of getting a contract extension at the money price that they feel that they deserve in this weird season where the rules are different and there's no fans in the stands, all these different factors that you've never seen before. And Jared straight up told me, he's like, from the people that I've talked to and the, you know, the rumors around the league, it's just kind of a fake season and the executives really aren't like using this as a way of leverage, I guess you could say to pay players less money, this or that. Um, so that's just from one guy who, yeah, he has a lot of ins and outs within, you know, Major League Baseball. Um, but it is something you definitely that I've been you and I have definitely been thinking about for a while, probably on just like, you know, yeah, at this point, we feel like we can keep them all because no one's going to want them. <laughs> and then, and on one hand, that's cool. Yeah, great. We can keep the guys together forever. On the other hand, it's like, I don't want to keep them together if they ain't going to produce, though. Right. Like, exactly. It's, it's like uh, it's very frustrating, and I just I know I know those guys are they they have a hit, they they've had too many at bats and shown that they're you know not necessarily elite baseball players but like very good baseball players. players very yeah. good I've I don't think outside of like the giant Homer Cubs fans who probably still riding on 2016 which you know I'm gonna ride with on 2016 as one of the greatest years of my life forever. But like I, outside of Bryant's, you know, MVP season and the year before that, and even 2017 season, I've never really thought he was, you know, better than guys like Anthony Rendon. I, you know, for a while I thought he was better than Nolan Arenado, but Nolan Arenado's put up, you know, consistent like great numbers for a longer tenure. And I think mm-hmm. Bryant's problem is, you know, he just can't stay healthy. He's all those nagging injuries. He's never had anything serious happen to him, but he's had a lot of nagging injuries and it's really affected him. We've seen it more more times than not. You know, same thing with Rizzo. Like Rizzo from like 2014 to 2017 was probably the best first baseman in baseball, I would say, cuz you you you're going to get 30 home runs, 100 RBIs from each of those seasons and a gold glove and- nomination. Right. He's still getting the gold glove nomination. There's no doubt there, but his home runs have gone down this year. He's, you know, I don't know. He's hitting like 220, whatever, you know, in the 60 game season, like, you know, you're going to get the good, you're going to have the the classic Rizzo numbers by the end of the year. Like he, he is the model of consistency. And then bias. I mean, we've talked about it so many times, right? Most of the season, he has looked like rookie Javi Baez, like striking out 45% of the time mm-hmm. and, and looking like he has no idea what he's doing at the plate. Now, like I said, you know, if he gets hot here these last couple of weeks, kind of like he's looks like he might be doing over the last two days, we might be talking completely different about him going into the postseason. I'd love to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that said, though, I mean, as far as an executive, okay, he struggled really bad for one month and then was, you know, a lot better the next month. Like, I, I don't know. I, as far as like, you know, what these guys, how much money they're gonna get paid and all that, I just think it's kind of a wash at this point. I, I think that those guys' market values really aren't changing much. It's just a weird ass freaking season, and you know, it is what it is. But you know, I, um, I, I'm with you though. It's you see the bad and then if you know Chris Bryan gets a $250 million contract you're like man and you Not- just hope it's the right decision man that's yeah. all you can and uh that's just that's I feel like that would be every, every fan's perspective is like this guy sucked this year and this guy just got a $200 million contract it's going to be held under under us for you know 7 8 years it's going to feel like how we have basically felt for most of the Jason Hayward contract um I would under I would completely understand fans reacting that way if that were to happen. Um, he would just have to go out there and prove that he earned it. And I, I mean, he's earned the i the opportunity to earn a long term contract. I just don't know how much money yeah. at this point. Anthony Rendon got like a two hundred forty million dollar contract, and you know he was 
he was pretty good and then had like a great season last year but and won the World Series but like Chris Bryant I would probably take over him if you looked at their body of work over a course of a career so I know we're kind of venturing off into a whole bunch of different stuff but um yeah I like I said I just think that a lot of things are just kind of up in the air when it comes to that that topic. Yeah, and 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 I agree with you. I mean, let's be completely frank. I mean, we could sit here all night and talk about this. And for those that for those that want us to, don't you worry. Wait for the off season because those podcasts are the ones that get really interesting. And you want to talk about tinfoil hat takes and rabbit holes? Yeah, dial in for those. But um, no, but you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it brings up such an interesting point. And uh, you bring up Rendon, and I'm actually in the process just of looking up his statistics really quickly because. Uh, partially I'm interested, but partially I think he might actually have done better historically than a Chris Bryant. Um, I just know like from 2015 to 2017, Chris Bryant was, I think in terms of war, Chris Bryant, there was no third baseman with a better war. But Anthony Rendon and Nolan Arenado were like right behind him. Like yeah. right. Th- but then ever since then, obviously, those two players, as in Arenado and Rendon, have obviously outplayed him. There's no doubt that oh, they have. Yeah, I mean, so I'm looking at Rendon's stats right now. So I'm going to exclude 2015 um, and obviously 2020 just because of the shortened season. But 2015, he only played 80 games. That's why I'm excluding it. But in 2014, he had 21 home runs and 83 RBIs. 2016, 20 home runs and 85 RBIs. But then 2017, 25 and 100, 2018, 24 and 92, and then 2019, he had that monster 34 and 126 uh, <laughs> season. I mean, but he's at least been consistent. I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of the one thing that when I look at his stats, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I mean, right. he was at least and, consistently hitting like really at least strong. Right. And he got numbers. what, like a seven or eight year contract at like 240 some million dollars? Mm-hmm. Like, We've gotten like three of those seasons out of Chris Bryant from, like I said, 2015 to 20, you know, 2017 or 2018. Last year, I know he hit 30 home runs, but like, I, I was uh, gonna say we've we've gotten. I would argue we've gotten four seasons like that out of Chris Bryant because 2015 he was 26 home runs, 99 RBIs, just missed the 100 plateau. Obviously, 2016 was the MVP year, 39 long balls and 102 RBIs. And I would argue if he wasn't hitting in the two hole that RBI number would be much higher because that 2016 Cubs team was good enough where if he was hitting like three or four, he's mm-hmm. probably driving in 100 and probably 30 runs at least. Um, yeah. 2017, uh, 29 homers, 73 RBIs. Not a bad year, uh, especially because I think he only played – oh, no, he still played 151. He still had a, one of the highest wars in, for third baseman. That's, right. that's why I always that's why I always put him there. It, yeah. I don't – as far as RBIs, I don't ever like in terms of like value of a player. RBIs really isn't like a thing. Like if you go back and look at Mike Trout's career, he's only driven in over a hundred over a hundred runs like once or twice, which is just like insane if you think about it. And he's, yeah. I mean, people talk about him being the greatest player of all time. <laughs> True. So no, it definitely does make it interesting, but. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's just again, it's such a it's such a huge topic of conversation right now, though, right? Just to kind of wrap up all our thoughts together and and kind of bring it back to our initial point of, you know, it, it's really intriguing that you know these are your superstar players and you know everybody's so gung ho on who do you keep and who do you not keep yet, you know, none of these guys are producing, so you're like, okay, well, shit, are are we keeping any of them? You know, it just it, it creates so many more rabbit hole conversations that, um, you know, obviously at some point we'll we'll have, but. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, though, it would be nice to see a Javi Baez start to hit a little bit. Like he's at least been seeing like he's putting together of late, you know, it'd be nice the to last see. Few an, days. Yeah. It'd be nice to see an Anthony Rizzo get back on track. It'd be nice to see a Chris Bryant get into some type of groove. So, um, hopefully we can get to there at some point, but Cody, uh, we've done, we've dove deep into this episode. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go ahead and just quickly, uh, I have one last thought that I want to share about the game and it's literally just a, a statistic. But I didn't know if you had any quick final thoughts to sum up tonight. Um, nah, man. Nah, I think tonight was exactly what the doctor ordered in terms of just like us feeling better about the Cubs. I think that, like I said, we got a win without Hendricks or Darvish. And the bullpen was great. Scored runs when we needed to. 
I uh, wish we would have scored. If there's any complaint, I wish we would have scored runs because of, you know, Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. Uh, but, you know, I'll take Javi Baez, you know, continuing to, you know, look like maybe, just maybe coming out of that slump. Yep, I agree. And and kind of actually you actually segued perfectly into my final point because uh, you mentioned Javi Baez obviously driving and runs tonight's game and exactly what the doctor ordered. Um but a fun little statistic for everybody listening. So Ian Happ obviously leads the team in RBIs with 24. He's played a full 42 games. Kyle Schwarber's in third on the team with full 42 played in 21 RBIs. There's one guy that has more RBIs than Kyle Schwarber and less than Ian Happ. Um, but he's only played 33 games this season. And that is one David Bodie has 22 <laughs> RBIs this season. It drives in another two tonight. He's only hitting 222, folks. But like we said... Death taxes and David Bodie hit with dudes on base. I'll take yeah, it 10 times out of 10, and I agree with you. Uh, that was actually – I think that's actually going to be the title of the episode, though, is just what the doctor ordered. Yeah. You think you think because of his hitting with runners in score position, he's going to earn himself like a – I don't know, like in the postseason, earn himself a start at second base like on a consistent basis? like. It's interesting at second base. Like Jason Kipnis, he's been really good. Like we did not expect to see what we've seen out of him. But I'd rather have David Bodie over there defensively. Same thing with Nico Horner. I'd rather have him there defensively. So maybe if you DH Kipnis, which there's so many other options you can use to DH, I guess maybe I'd be okay with it for one game. Yeah. But like I don't know. See, that's it. Gives it leaves me wondering about so many different scenarios because like. When Jehe comes back, you still want to get Maven in the lineup because he's been pretty solid over since he came over to the Cubs. Yeah. So maybe you know Maven would be that guy because you know obviously Ian Happ's gonna be in center, um, or maybe DH Ian Happ and and let Maven or let uh, yeah let uh, Maven play center. He plays center, right? Yep. Like yeah plays, yeah yeah. Plays center and right. He, he, he came center. over like you, you said it early. He's uh, he's like the new Albert Almora. So. Like there's so many different scenarios of what they could do, position wise, offensively, defensively. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Cubs have struggled all season when it comes to hitting with runners and scoring. I mean, shit, we make fun of it on Twitter about how they can't freaking score with the bases loaded, no matter how many outs there are. Yep. I, like, and yet David Bodie, every time he plays, <laughs> just men in yeah. scoring position, he's like, "Hold my beer, dog. I got you." Yeah, um, and he does just exactly that, man. I agree. Oh. Well, like you said, I mean, just what the doctor ordered tonight, and uh, just a quick reminder too for our listeners. I want to remind you that Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. That is our uh, presenting entity. Um, you can find all of our great literature and podcasting works over at www.ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet in social media. Um, that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, also, we got all, all kinds of great coverage. Obviously, we have Cubs. You're listening to some of that great coverage with myself and Cody right now. Um, Bears, ladies and gentlemen, Bears football is like five days away. I don't think people totally realize that yet because there was no preseason, but <laughs> holy shit, Batman. Like, I'm back. yoked <laughs> the fact that there's Bears football this this coming Sunday. So, um, you know, be sure to tune in with our, our guys over at uh, our Bears on tap and really all of our on tap Sportsnet guys. Uh, pretty much majority of them are, are all diehard Bears fans and, and will give you some good, uh, at least, you know, Twitter content, if nothing else. Um, so be sure to follow those guys there. Uh, Bears and Bulls, or excuse me, Bears and Bulls, Blackhawks and Bulls, a lot of Bs in Chicago with uh, team names, mm-hmm. obviously. But, um, you know, Blackhawks and Bulls both going into big off seasons for their franchises. Be sure to keep tuned in with us there um, for all the offseason news for them. And, uh, yeah, Cubs fans, let's just... Again, always honest with ourselves. We have friends that are White Sox fans. Bring them our way, too. We have great White Sox coverage as well. Once again, www.ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on social media. The Ontap Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. All righty, here we go. So tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be a good one, ladies and gentlemen, because the 18-24 and 24 Cincinnati Reds are the visitors uh, to the 25-18 and 18 Chicago Cubs. On September 9th, it is a... Wednesday. Oof, I almost forgot what day of the week it was going to be. Uh, Wednesday, <laughs> September 9th at beautiful Wrigley Field in Chicago, Illinois for a 7.15 Central Daylight Time first pitch. 8.15 for those on the East Coast. 
count it back for everybody else, 615, 515, Mountain, and Pacific, respectively. Uh, if you are in the Reds media market, you can listen to the game on WLW 700, or you can watch the game on Fox Sports Ohio. Um, and then, obviously, if you are in the Chicago Cubs market, you can listen to the game on 670 to score or WRTO um, 1200, or you can watch the game on the one and only Marquee Sports Network. We have a really good duel tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, because for the Cincinnati Reds, they are trotting out right-handed pitcher Trevor Bauer. The big righty is 3-3 three and three on the season with a 205 ERA and 61 strikeouts. But uh, I think Cy Young reincarnated is taking the mound for the Cubs tomorrow because Hugh Darvish takes the mound tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. He is 7-1 and one on the season with a 144 ERA. Blech. And 63 Ks <laughs> on the year. I haven't even looked up his walk numbers yet, and I'm going to because quite frankly. Him and Hendricks have like the lowest walks per nine. Like literally in number baseball. one and number yeah. two in baseball. Yes. And since like after writing that article comparing Darvish and Arietta last week, I've I got to dive into what he's done since July of last year. And like his walks per nine since July of last year is like under one. It's like point. It's like 0.98 or some shit. Like, like it's, it's crazy. And he has like 14 or 15 walks since July of last year. Yeah. Total. Um, Total. I, <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, I can tell you right now, for this season currently – oh, where did my number go? Uh, here we go. For this season currently, um, with you, Darvish's 63 strikeouts, he's only walked eight guys all season. And that's in 50 innings pitched. So um, – right. That just, it's so stupid. It's like, it's literally video game numbers. It's unbelievable. I, it I just, really is. It, it makes me, we're both, for those that obviously can't see our faces, you can probably hear it. We're both smirking like a bunch of little kids on Christmas oh, morning, knowing that Darvis is on the mound tomorrow. Um, Dude, it's huge because, okay, imagine if we would have lost tonight, then we would have felt good with Darvish like going into tomorrow. But because we won, now there's even, there's less pressure on Darvish to pitch well tomorrow, even though I feel really good that he's going to do it anyway, but yeah. less pressure on him to go out there and like just put out like an absolute like stellar, just you know, Cy one or Cy Young worthy gym. Like, you can still go out there and give a six solid innings or whatever, and I and you got you you have you would be happy with that. Just basically what I'm saying is just less pressure on the on him to you know carry the squad tomorrow that is basically what i'm saying yeah no absolutely and i'm right there with you man so i'll actually go ahead and turn it back to you though because i would love to hear um obviously a little more of a preview i know you talked a little bit about darvish already but a little more of a preview and uh would love to get your 5w pick as well um before we close tonight out well they they faced each other darvish and uh bauer they faced each other in that what that uh that double header the double header yes. they had in Cincinnati, what, two weekends ago? So, and Darvish won that one. So, Bauer knows that, and he knows coming off a loss, and the Reds, like I said earlier, are still in it. So, I think it's, I mean, you bet the under. I don't know what the line is, but bet the under tomorrow, folks. I think it's going to be a pitcher's duel, and I don't expect anything less from you, Darvish, than just, you know, perfection. <laughs> I, I, that's how good he's been. Like, like that, I, I, the, the, the expectation has gotten that to that point for me. Uh, this guy has been an absolute animal on the mound. Like I, I truly feel sorry for every single batter that has to face him because he's been just making them all look like complete fools. It doesn't matter who's at the plate. And the only person who's scoring off him are people who swing with their eyes shut and magically barrel up the ball, and sometimes it goes out of the ballpark. Like that's that's literally it. Like it, they, there's you, and that's like the only way you can really score off Darvish at this point because he's not giving up a lot of hits, so no one's getting on. So if you're scoring off him, it's usually a solo home run like that, and and you're getting real lucky. Like if you do that, and those hitters know that they're getting real lucky. So, yeah, man, I am, uh, I'm feeling pretty good with Darvish tomorrow. Trevor Bauer, obviously great as well. He's having a you know Cy Young worthy season. Um, he's. You, he's pitched historically pitched pretty well against the Cubs, at least in regular season. Let's never forget how he sucked in the World Series in 2016. They just had to throw <laughs> it out there, um, but uh, you know because of the drone. But yeah, no, I th- I, I think it's going to be a good one tomorrow if you're a fan of pitchers, man. Yeah, I agree, man. It's going to be a pitchers duel, and you just you, you said it well. I mean, 
you know, this season with Darvish. I mean, 36 hits given up in 50 innings. I mean, that's nothing. He's only given up a total of eight runs so far this season. Uh, so like you said, I mean, he's it's just guys getting lucky. And of those eight home of those eight runs he's given up, three of them were home runs. So it's really if you get him, it's you have to get him hard. Otherwise, you are not getting anything on him. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel really good about tomorrow. Absolutely going to be a great pitchers duel. Um, so I don't have much else to add really to to what you said, man. It's going to be a good one. I'm actually excited to watch just because I'm at the point now, and I don't know about you, Cody. I've gotten to the point in my life where like I look back on some of the players I used to watch when I was younger, like even in my like late teens, um, a guy especially that I think of, two of my favorite players of all time are Carl Crawford and Ken Griffey Jr. And like what I would do and kill to watch those guys play again. So mm-hmm. it's like I've gotten to a point now in my life where like when you have a really special player, it doesn't matter how your season's going, just appreciate them. Like I, I've gotten that way with like Patrick Kane for the Blackhawks and like mm-hmm. you know just you appreciate those studs because you know in – 10, 15 years from now, you're going to be telling your kids about how good those dudes were when they're, you know, picking trading cards out of packs from guys <laughs> that played when you were, you know, a you know a teen and a young adult. So nope. um, I'm just excited to watch tomorrow's game with, with Darvish and, and even Bauer. You know, Bauer's a great pitcher mm-hmm. too and obviously having a sensational season as well. So, um, yeah, man, that's all I have to add though. So, Cody, who is your who's your fly to W pick? Are you going Mr. Darvish? I'm, I'm going to go Darvish before anyone else can grab him. <laughs> Yeah, I, like I, uh, I uh, God, I don't think, like I said, I don't think it, like any, like whoever scores first is going to win tomorrow. That's that. I mean, it's one of those games. That's how good both Darvish and, and Bauer have been. Uh, you know, when Darvish dominated St. Louis, the Cubs scored, you know, in that first or second inning right away. And I was like, this game's already over because Darvish has been that good. So if the Cubs are scoring the first inning tomorrow, live place the live bet. Put put the mortgage on whatever because Darvish can carry carry them to you know seven or eight strong innings and hopefully the Cubs can get you know two or three runs you know hell maybe a billion will take whatever as many runs as you can get but you know I realistically you know I think it could be like a one one you know two one game whatever you want to call it um but I think whoever scores first uh, is is probably going to take a W out of this one. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna take Darvish and uh, I'm gonna continue the ride with uh, just this, this absolute Cy Young that he is this year. Yeah, no, great pick. And uh, I actually told, um, I think it was Justin Wasik actually in one of the recent episodes he and I did. Um, I've told him I actually have never taken a pitcher in the fly the W this year. Um, <laughs> I actually I take I that back. I did once, and it was Jeremy Jeffress that I took the one time. Um, other than that, I have never taken a starting pitcher as my fly to W pick. So I'm going to keep that trend because I don't want to be the guy to take Darvish and him have a bad start. That's like, Mm -hmm. that's the one thing I don't want to do right now. Uh, but a guy I actually do feel very comfortable picking tomorrow, um, is a guy who could use a monster day because he was 0 for 4 tonight. And I'm going to go Anthony Rizzo. He has in 13 at bats against one Trevor Bauer, he has a 462 average with two home runs and three RBIs. So I feel pretty good that Anthony Rizzo is going to have a nice day off of Trevor Bauer, especially because right now, you know, you talk about Anthony Rizzo is struggling. A lot of that struggle for him has come against lefties. So I have a feeling like he'll have a good day against the big righty for the Reds. And like you said, maybe he's part of that reason that the Cubs get that first run that hopefully inevitably wins them the game. So I'm going to go ahead and and pick, um, you know, Tony Two Chains as my – uh, what ha- is he still wearing the two chains? I haven't seen him. He before. doesn't do it enough, man. Like he needs he, to pull almost, back on. I, I need it every day, honestly. Like they, they, he wore it like against in that Indian ser- series for two days, and then they, and then he didn't the next day or that third day, and they lost. And I was like, it's because he didn't wear the chains. And then he that brought it back chains. for a random another random game, and I think they lost that game. And I was like, well, now I, I have nothing to hold it on. But I, he needs to bring it back because uh, it's a it's a look that I support. <laughs> yeah, give me give me the high socks with the pants tucked in at the knee highs and the two chains like that's and then that's, like half the shirt unbuttoned. Yep, that's the Anthony Rizzo <laughs> that I need tomorrow, and I need him hitting two dingers off of Bauer tomorrow um, yep. to give the Cubbies a, a huge win. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you joining us uh, for this a bit of an extended one, but admittedly, Cody and I haven't done an episode in a while, so there was a lot of. Uh, Built up excitement for the two of us to get back on the mic together. But as we mentioned, the Cubs did win today. 
uh, by a final score of three to nothing against the Reds. They are now twenty-five and eighteen. That being the Cubs on the season, the Reds now fall to eighteen and twenty-four for the year. We have a great pitching matchup tomorrow again at beautiful Wrigley Field, seven fifteen local for time first pitch with Trevor Bauer facing off against you, Darvish. I am panelist Ron Luce from myself and Cody Del Mendo. Buddy, thanks for joining me as always. And uh, I say let's get out of here the only way we know how to, my guy. Let's go, Cubbies. Let's go, Cubs. Are you a sports card collector? Are you looking to buy or sell your vintage cards? If so, contact Josh over at Midwest Vintage Cards. With over 25 years of experience in the field, Midwest Vintage Cards will pay you cash for your collection. Check out their eBay store by searching Midwest Vintage Cards or follow them on Instagram at Midwest Vintage Cards. Contact Josh at 847-602-8604 or email him at josh at midwestvintagecards.com to get your quote today.